0: Ladies and gentlemen, before we begin today's show, we here at NAI Ball would like to take a moment and offer our condolences, as well as our prayers, to the University of the Southwest, our thoughts and our prayers to its athletics department, the students, the golf team, their families, and the entire community of Hobbs, New Mexico. This comes after seven of its members, including six athletes, and its head coach were killed in a crash in West Texas. So please, take a moment to pray for USW and the athletes lost in this accident. Our hearts go out to the USW community, as well as the families of the athletes. May God bless those families, and may God bless USW. We will now take a moment of silence before we begin the show. and we are live welcome on in ladies and gentlemen bienvenidos senoras y senores this is the nai ball podcast and all of this in season five episode eight is brought to you by our friends over at off speed athletics and we will get into them in just a minute. But season five, episode eight, I am your host as always, Robbie Gutierrez at Rob G1063 on Twitter. Absolutely thrilled to be here with you for our eighth episode of the season. Cody Butler will join me as well in just a moment. But first, let's talk about that off speed athletics that I was telling you about earlier here, the official title sponsor of the NAI Ball podcast. And when it comes to building the brand, there's nobody better in the game than our friends over at Offspeed Athletics. Off-Speed Athletics can provide your program with high-quality, sublimated uniforms and apparel for your youth, high school, and collegiate teams. That's right, Off-Speed Athletics, guys. They can help you at every single level for all of your uniform needs. Do me a favor if you haven't done it already, and even if you've done it, go ahead and do it again. Stop what you're doing. Give them a follow on Twitter and Instagram. That's at OffSpeedATH, at OffSpeedATH. And take a moment to check out some of their work on the website right now. That's www.OffSpeedAthletics.com, www.OffSpeedAthletics.com. Support the people who support the show. Reach out to Anthony. Give them a shout. Shoot them a DM. Trust them because they invest in us here at the NAI Ball Podcast. They are big believers in our product, so we believe in their product. We are absolutely thrilled to be partnered with them, and we know that they can help you all out for anything that you need. He's done some awesome work, and we are super excited to be a part of that as well and be part of the Off-Speed Athletics family. That's Off-Speed Athletics, ladies and gentlemen, the official title sponsor of the NAI Ball podcast we are absolutely thrilled to be here with you season five episode eight before we get Cody in here let's take a look at what's in this show shout outs and mentions your favorite every single week we got our week in review we're going to talk some of the best players in the nation statistically as well we're going to talk about our five front runners for pitcher of the year and the Lou Brock award which is given to the best position player in NAI baseball we've got our NAI ball hitter pitcher and team of the week our games and series to watch, our big series of the week, and then we've got our quick picks, the picks that you need to be paying attention to as we are all at the same record so far this season. So, Cody, enough of me there. Let's go ahead and bring you out, man, the foremost authority on NAI Baseball, at NAI Ball on Twitter, Mr. Cody Butler. Cody, baby, what's going on?
1: Rob G1063, brother, thank you for having me as always. I'm glad to be back, glad to be talking to NAI Baseball, getting ready for one of your famous rants.
0: Oh, is that where you want to start?
1: I think it's the topic on every coach's mind, every parent's mind, definitely on our mind. Uh, Let's give the people in Kansas City what they want.
0: Presto sports. So if you've been tuned into our Twitter, if you've been tuned into my Twitter, if you've been tuned into just about any coach that has a Twitter Presto has been a, a hot topic of conversation. We did a quick straw poll yesterday. Cody, what were the results of that straw poll?
1: By straw poll, he means we conducted a scientific poll with nothing but experts. We got 1,318 of our experts around the country to pick a provider between DAX stats and Presto. 91% picked Daxstats. 9% picked Presto, which is funny to me because we were told we're one of the only people that don't like to change the presto. It's a big hit in the
0: NAI community. It, it, um, and God, ADs, SIDs, we had an SID tell us it was AWS's fault. So we don't talk about our, our lives outside of NAI baseball quite often. But, Cody, I run an entire digital sales department for a television station. So I work in digital. I, I work with IBM, Google, Facebook, things like that on a day-to-day basis. So AWS Amazon Web Services is an integral part of that, and yeah, AWS has has had a, probably its worst year ever. You know, we had that Facebook crash and and everything like that this this year that had nothing to do with us, but we it, it, AWS has not been so bad that we can be blaming AWS for Presto's faults and failures, and it is something that that it is. It's atrocious, man. There's no better word for it other than it being absolutely atrocious. I, I've said it so many times when referencing, you know, things that that happen at this division in the NAI, and it's subpar effort yields subpar results. And my goodness, it just continues. The same thing, subpar effort, subpar effort, subpar effort. And finally, you know, the, I think the last tweet that we had on it was, don't let this be okay. And I think that we're starting to see some coaches – as well as ourselves, really be outspoken against it.
1: Oh yeah, man! It's starting. People are starting to speak up, which is what we want. And it's kind of like that group effect. Once someone stands up, a lot of people feel more comfortable to speak up and tell their story. You look at three of the tweets that just we've seen on our channel from three of the most respected coaches in AI. You know, there's one coach tweeting about the link workaround not working. He sends a page not found tweet. We got another coach tweeting a gateway timeout. Robbie, I can't speak for you, but I've probably gotten about 500 gateway timeouts just from this weekend alone. I was getting them today. Uh, We see a popular head coach. It's terrible. I just got up a few minutes ago. I think this system is making it harder for
0: Raiders to follow and collect data. I think that's the understatement of the year. That's the big thing, man. You you just hit the nail on the head there. So if... And I know Kansas city is a top 10 DMA in this podcast for, for listening areas. Kansas city is a top 10 DMA. So somebody at that office is listening and here comes the issue here. And if you're, you know, the problem is players can't see statistics. Parents can't see what their kids are doing for the year. You know, coaches can't compile scouting numbers because they can't get to where everything is located. But the biggest issue is there's a top 25 coming out tomorrow. And I do not know, Cody, if the Raiders have had ample time with this going down over the weekend to the effect of of it being pretty much useless, if the Raiders have had ample time to be able to compile information and look it up. It's already to the point to where we already, you and I kind of, as far as a coach's top 25 go, it is at the bottom of the priority list for you and me. We will never, never this year do a top 25 rundown in season just because we record the podcast before and it really, it, it's it's not important. And then at the same time, we don't know how information is getting compiled right now. How much information can do Raiders actually have access to if they're getting gateway 504, you know, just whatever. Uh, they're just getting sent to to the gateway 900 times. And then they get discouraged, and then they stop, and then it just becomes, hey, how good do you think this, this team is in a text message? And then we, we lose all sense of credibility in what we're doing. Because then it just goes back to word of mouth and... You know, how many games have they actually seen? Because how many games have they actually seen, Cody? They're playing 90% of the time at the same time as these guys, or they're practicing. There's no way they saw the amount of games that you need to see to rate
1: these teams. And you have to rely on box scores. You have to rely on stats. Let's explain what the problem is. Let's not just say, okay, Dax, that's better. In the beginning of the year, Presto was working at least, I wouldn't say smoothly. The load times were ridiculous, but it was at least loading The problem we're having last week and the week before is that Presto is no longer working. So when you click on a box score, you get page not found. You can't find box scores now. You get gateway timeouts. God forbid you have to go look at individual stats and you want to click on a player. You better free up nine minutes of your life. And it's not an exaggeration. I mean, you can have the fastest internet in the world. Presto will not load. It is the slowest thing I do on a computer. I don't know. I can't speak for you, Robbie. I don't go to another website in my life that's this slow. It is literally like we're on AOL dial-up, and that is if you and that's but click by click by click, and they make you go click by click by click. Yeah, there is no workaround. Yeah, you still have to go to the team stats. So, say I want to look up Robbie Merced for Central Methodist, I have to go to team stats, Heart of America stats, Central Methodist stats, and then go to game they lineup. Just, they just made over. it harder. Yeah, just to get to one player like this is ridiculous. If you're looking at the scoreboard, so they you have the scoreboard feature, which a lot of people have commented they liked. It's a pretty nice feature. I like it. But say there's a matchup. Tennessee Wesleyan plays Georgia Gwinnett this weekend, and I want to look up Georgia Gwinnett's stats. You can't just click on Georgia Gwinnett College. There's no clickable link, man. You have to go to team stats, continental conference, Georgia Gwinnett College. So many clicks to just get to one spot, and when you factor in, there's a two-minute loading time here, a two-minute loading time here, and a two-minute loading time here. You're at six, seven minutes wasted just looking at a team. So in summary, man, Presto Sports is absolutely trash, and I'm glad other coaches are speaking out and confirming that it is horrible.
0: I, I am glad that, that other coaches are, are speaking out as well, uh, just because, again, my my biggest gripe is, is that in so many things at this level, it's subpar effort yields subpar results. And most of the time, it's just Cody and I standing on our soapbox going, we don't have to have it this way. We don't have to have it this way. And then it's like a bunch of people in our DMs like, yeah, you're right. But they won't actually say anything to to them. And now we're starting to see that. And you're frustrated because you can't compile. The guys that we know who are Raiders have basically come out and said, I can't compile. I can't look at numbers. And I know they're guys that I know do their homework. But I don't know how much time they've had to do their homework for this this poll. So I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. And at the end of the day, whether you made this move because Dak said, we're no longer going to change, this isn't going to be our focus, or you said, payday, it doesn't matter because the product is not good. It's not good for the consumer. Congratulations to the SIDs. Again, as a former SID myself, all for it. Glad your, your lives are made a little bit easier because it is hectic. It is hard. But NAI. The product is not made for the SID and the amount of SIDs that we've had who, you know, some in our, in our DMs who have said, hey, we can't really speak out about this or we've been told not to speak out about this. Fine. I get it. Cosida, NAI, Alliance, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to think. But the amount of SIDs who have said that this is great for them is, is perfect, but you're not the consumer. Since perfect game went away, there is one Media outlet covering NAI baseball. And that's this show in this Twitter account, in this Instagram, in this group of three people who dedicate a lot of time into this sport. And at the end of the day, the harder you make on us, the less we're able to do our job. And the more we're able, the more, the less that we're able to do our job, the less kids that get recognized and get their moment, or have the chance to say, you know what, I was on this show once, I got talked about nationally, and it matters to them. It matters to them, Cody. It matters to them, Cody, because the amount of, of things that get hurled our way when, when people don't pick, when we don't pick somebody that people want. I mean, just, and, and going into the next topic here, Cody, th- just this past week with Player of the Week, we literally had somebody who was I'm guessing associated with Madonna insinuate racism that we had an agenda and racism, uh, in a, you know, 50% Hispanic owned company, which is not something that I will ever deem acceptable. And you had to pull me back on the reins there. And then on top of that, I mean, we've been called the devil. We've been called all sorts of things. We've had, I've had coaches in my DMS crying it's it's insane man it's insane you know and and but it's what makes us keep going you know because people obviously care they care about who's being chosen and who's being picked and and it's it's just something that that i really you know just everything has to come together for us to be able to do this stuff and and it just seems like presto sometimes uh makes it hard because i mean when we kept getting gateway timeouts You've got to start thinking, well, what do we do if we can't get statistics? We can't go to 200 different individual websites.
1: Right, and that's when we have to just turn to word of mouth. That's when we put out our tweets, and that's how we picked our hitter of the week this week. We, a lot of people recommended them to us. We looked up at StatLine, uh, say it every week, one of the craziest we've ever seen. And, uh, yeah, that's how we found out this week. So we're just going to need a lot of help, basically, this year to let people know. While the NAI gets it together, why Presto Sports get it together, uh, we're gonna need a lot of help. If you see something, say something. You see a no hitter, let us know. Uh, you yep. see a, an incredible start, let us know. You see a kid hitting nine home runs, let us know. Uh, you want us to talk
0: about it earlier in the week, let us know when it's happening. Don't wait until Sunday. Yeah, let us know because we're we're a three man team. We cannot be everywhere. We cannot get to everywhere. We're we're going to more games than ever. You know, we're watching more games than ever, but the stats aren't as smooth and and things aren't as easy for us to be able to navigate and. and just move around so that that's all of that for us on on this subject but Cody let's get into shout outs and mentions and congratulations are in order to three coaches to start this off first to Huntington University head baseball coach Mike Frame on his 900th career win on Thursday he entered 2022 ranked 10th in total wins amongst active NAI baseball coaches the next congratulations in order goes to Fried Hardeman University head man Jonathan Estes for picking up his 500th career win on Saturday in a conference sweep over Shawnee State. And last but not least, congratulations to Southeastern University head baseball coach Adrian Dinkel on earning his 500th career win this Sunday in a conference sweep over Thomas. Cody easily can say that, uh, you know, all three of those guys, friends of the program's, and you know, friend of the program and and friend of the show, especially Jonathan Estes and, and Adrian Dinkle, who have multiple conversations with us every single year. So, we are super, super excited for them. Congratulations, guys! The biggest comeback of the season might have just happened. That's right, Kentucky Christian trailing 10 to 1 in the bottom of the ninth on Monday. KCU rallies for 10 10 in an 11 10 victory over Milligan. What a comeback for Kentucky! Christian having their best season as well in school history. Central Methodist shortstop Robbie Merced went off again with three doubles, eight home runs, 23 RBIs in a six-day span. Merced now leads the NAI both in home runs and RBIs this season. Bellevue ace Elijah Johnson threw his fourth straight complete game shutout over the weekend with their series sweep over Turbo. He punched out 68 this year in 44 innings. Welcome back. To all-NAI ball, first baseman Lucas White, who made his return from an ACL tear last summer and homered in his first two ABs this season. He finished the weekend five for nine with a double-two home runs and seven RBIs. Don't swept Jamestown. Don't now 15-5. Watch out for Don. Clark starting pitcher Johnny Blake set a new program record with 16 strikeouts and a seven-inning win over Graceland. The Pride swept the four-game series and improved to 18-7 this season. IU South Bend sophomore Peyton Carney threw a nine-inning complete game shutout in the win over Calumet. The second in program history and the first for IUSB since 2016. Bruce State's Devin Adams picked up two wins on the bump and hit a walk-off three-run bomb all in the same day. Then he finished the week with three saves and five. Jimmy Jack's way to go off Devin. Mount Vernon Nazarene's Andy Miller went 14 for 25 with a double, three home runs, 11 RBIs, and two stolen bases, while MBNU's Jake Glover hit a walk-off home run in game four to split the conference series with Indiana Wesleyan 2-2. Two two. Central Baptist starting pitcher Garen Johnson threw a nine-inning complete game shutout with nine punch-outs in the win over Hannibal LaGrange. Bushnell's Jeff Fripp second, went 8 for 13 with two doubles and two nukes in the Cascade series. Sweep over Corbin, the first NAI series win and series sweep in program history for the Beacons. Congratulations, Bushnell. Mid-American Nazarene's Nathan Torres picked up two saves and struck out 11 in 4.1 innings of work. Torres was named the Heart Conference Pitcher of the Week. Cumberland, Tennessee, trailed Campbellsville 10-3 in the final inning of Game 2 this weekend. CU scored eight runs and walked it off on Tyler Stokes' RBI single. Cumberland went on to sweep the MSC series over Campbellsville. Marymount's Gilbert Wattis went nine innings, one earned run in the conference win over Simpson. The Mariners won the CalPAC series three games to one. Oklahoma Wesleyan pitching tandem Horacio DeLeon and Kellen Brothers both went nine innings, pitched 13 Ks in conference wins over Southwestern and Bethany. And then La Sierra clutched up for three consecutive walk-off wins this weekend over Westcliff in a thriller of a CalPAC series. Cody, man, a lot to go off of there. Anything really, I mean, a lot to go off of, but what really stands out?
1: Uh, the Cardiac kids, man, Kentucky Christian, uh, you're down 10 to one in the ninth inning. You know how many teams just fold it over at that point, pack it in uh, to come all the way back. What an incredible win, scored 10 runs in the inning.
0: Cody, we move on into our big weekend review, and we'll start things off with St. Thomas University versus Kaiser. STU sweeps the series against Kaiser 13 10, 19 0, and 7 6.
1: Man, if I told you Kaiser led 6 0 after the first inning of game one, you would have liked their chances to at least take one game, right? Kaiser up 6 0, and it just did not matter, man. St. Thomas went on to outscore Kaiser 39 to 10 the rest of the weekend. They brought in Chris Corporal, and he's a dude, been there for a while, went five innings, three earned, and emergency relief. He helped bridge that comeback. He basically just slowed Kaiser down. Lockhouse came back, win the opener 13 to 10. Game two, when you saw the score, I mean, what was your reaction to that score? Because that to me blew me away 19 to nothing. I mean, what an absolute bloodbath! Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just a beat down. Richard it's Sanchez, six innings, no runs, 13 Ks. What a job for Richard Sanchez. Six scoreless, 13 Ks, big time performance. Uh, Chris Scholler had a big day at the plate in game two, five RBIs. For the weekend, Chris Scholler went two doubles, home run, eight driven in. He had the go-ahead RBI single in the ninth inning of game three, which, by the way, we see this so much in the NAI. A 19-0 win in game two. You play again 30 minutes later, and that's a one-run game. They're tied in the ninth. Uh, You see that a lot, actually, man. So good bounce-back performance by Kaiser, but St. Thomas got it done. Scholler, big weekend for Chris Scholler, got the RBI game-winning single. I want to give a shout-out to Robin Fernandez. He was a guy that, if you remember back to our questionnaire, uh, said he was playing like a pro. If you remember that, George Perez said he's kind of playing like a pro in our questionnaire. He has been really good this season. He's carrying a seven-game winning streak right now, three straight multi-hit games, and he's only struck out one time in his last 19 plate appearances. Look out for Robin Fernandez.
0: Moving on here, Antelope Valley and Ben U-Mesa. Ben Yu wins the series, Cody, two games to one. 10-5 in game number one to UAV, but then 6-4 in 13-12, Ben U.
1: I I think Antelope Valley, if they would have won the series, probably was going to flirt with being a top 25 team this week. Uh, ben Yu's kind of been struggling lately, but there's no doubt about it. These are the top two teams in the CalPAC. They have been the last four or five years. Antelope Valley took the first game 10-5. to You're thinking, okay, they're a game away from this series win. Entered Saturday on a 14-game winning streak. And Ben U took both games on Saturday. Surprised us both took a doubleheader sweep on Saturday. Won both games by a combined three runs. Uh, you know these teams. They know each other very, very well. This had to be an incredibly competitive, fun day of baseball. The series came down to the ninth inning of the rubber match of Game 3. There was three different lead changes in that game. Ben U was up 12-8 in the ninth inning of Game 3. Antelope Valley rallied with four runs in the inning. Tied the game 12-12 on a Brian Gomez RBI single. But in the bottom half of the inning, Mason Velasquez for Yu, who had a good weekend, hit 500 on the weekend, hit a game-winning, series-clinching walk-off home run. It is the fourth walk-off for Yu at home this season. They took the series two to one. Five RedHawks hit above 300 in the series. Orlando Lordoy hit 583 with six RBIs, and Kevin Fitzgerald he hit 429 with three RBIs. He had two fantastic plays on defense at third. Big, big series win for Binyu. Non-conference schedule doesn't matter. You play it to get better, to get ready for this kind of weekend. And they showed up when it mattered the most. They were able to take the series off the team we picked to win the league.
0: Yeah, no, and, and absolutely great job by Ben Yamesa to win that series there, Cody. And and definitely something that, you know, was, was just really impressive by them. The next one, Cody, Lion and Columbia College. Lion wins the series two games to one. 19-10 to Lion in game number one. Columbia would come back in game number two with a win. A 7-2 victory, and then 8-1 Lion in game number three.
1: Opening weekend of conference play in the AMC, Lion won the opener 19-10. They led by as many as 11 runs in both the fourth and the seventh inning. Kind of a wild game one. Columbia bounced back nicely in game two. Caleb Richards threw 5.1 scoreless innings in relief. Three RBI game for Columbia's Jarrett Newell. Uh, series finale rubber match coming up on Sunday, and it was all Lyon. Allen West with 9 innings pitch, one earned, nine strikeouts in game three. He also tripled and homered in the same game. Uh, just to repeat, he had a triple, a home run, and he went nine innings on the mound. That's an incredible day, a really incredible day for him. Aaron Hurd went six for 12, two walks, two doubles, and a home run in game three. Troy Strack, seven for 14 this weekend, two walks and two triples in game three. Big-time series win for Lyon really big-time series win for Lions. This is a team that you've been high on this year, and uh, they came out there and got it done against a team that's won the league a couple of years
0: running. Two of the best teams in the Red River Athletic Conference met up this past weekend, Cody, in Shreveport, USW, and LSUS, with LSUS sweeping that series 9-4, 12-2, and
1: 11-3. Yeah, just a beatdown by Shreveport, man. They looked the part of a top-five team in the nation, uh, outscored the Mustangs 32-9, Kevin Miranda, six innings pitch, no earned run, 10 strikeouts. Bobby Bath, six innings pitch, two earned runs, four strikeouts. Those are two elite arms for Shreveport. Bobby Bath and Kevin Miranda are two of the better pitchers in the country, and they both play for the Pilots. Austin and Nicholas, he went five for 11, three doubles, seven RBIs. Cam Lewis went five for six, five runs, three triples, and three RBIs. I mean, three triples in a weekend series, outstanding. That's 15 straight wins now for Shreveport. Shreveport's already the top team in that conference. They take care of business against LCU this weekend. Uh, you got electric chances the rest of the way.
0: The two premier programs in the Sooner Athletic Conference also met up this weekend with Oklahoma City taking the series 19 to 4 OCU, 14 to OCU, and then 11 to 1 science and arts.
1: If you are a fan of competitive baseball, this wasn't the series for you. Three blowouts. Oklahoma City went on the road to Chickasha on Saturday and boat raced them. Outscored them by 33 to 6. I know me and you were both talking about this one. Really impressed. 19 to 4, 14 to 2. Dominant wins. Cross factor on Saturday alone. 6 for 8, a double, four home runs, and 12 RBIs. Peyton Crispin, 6 for 9, 2 doubles, a home run, and 6 RBIs. He also homered again on Sunday. Peyton Crispin, a name to get to know, he has been really, really good. On the mound for Oklahoma City. Just got it done, man. This is a team that we are becoming more and more impressed with their starters. Eli Davis went five innings, two runs, seven strikeouts. Tanner Schoinger, 6 innings pitch, one run, five strikeouts. Uh, they're always going to hit. They're always going to score runs. And if Eli Davis and Tanner Schoinger can pitch like that, they're going to win every series they play. Big get-right game for USAO, though, in Game 3. A methodic 10-run beatdown on the road at Oklahoma City. Josh Harrell, seven and two-thirds pitched. One-run earned seven strikeouts. The only run he allowed all day was a seventh-inning home run to Peyton Crispin. Peyton McDowell got it done offensively for the Drovers. Three for four, a double, a home run, and three RBIs. A really big get-right game. I believe that. I think that was a big game for USAO. To have a team come to your home field and put it on you like that on Saturday, I think it was a really good win for them. Oklahoma City, they lead conference play by two games now. They're up two games on USAO. I know they got MacU left. They got a couple series left, but Oklahoma City is a team that we feel pretty confident that they're on a run to Lewiston right now.
0: 100% agree with that sentiment. If they can stay healthy and continue to hit the way that they are, OCU looks like a team that's destined for some big things this year. And we will talk about them more as the season goes on. And finally, Cody, our you know our big series of the week was HIU versus Westmont. It was a series split two to two. And they split one each day. In day number one, Hiu won game one five nothing, and then Westmont won game two four nothing. On day number two, Hiu won in a fourteen to eleven thriller, and then Westmont won seven to five.
1: Yeah, Hope International went out there and controlled both nine inning baseball games. They won the two nines. Westmont won the two sevens. Really close series. Hope International outscored Westmont twenty four to twenty two on the weekend. Five nothing game one for Hope International. Seth Hedger, five and a third, two hits, no runs, four strikeouts. Westmont bounced back with a shutout of their own. Four nothing. Eric shut shutout, seven scoreless innings on sixty-five pitches. Really hard to do. Really efficient stuff. Big shout out to Eric on that one. Westmont Hope, they traded a couple of shutouts. Hope would probably argue in game two, they let game two get away. That was a 0-0 game very late. Uh, they had two costly errors in the inning, allowed all those runs to score, a routine ground ball to second base, and three runs ended up scoring like that. Just like that, you're down 3 nothing on a routine play. Should have got you out of the inning. Westmont starter, Chad Stoner, he was really good in game four. Five and two-thirds, four and runs, five strikeouts. Thomas Rudinsky, a two-RBI triple, helped seal the deal. Uh, We didn't learn much this series, honestly. I thought we wanted to kind of see where Hope was, kind of see where Westmont was. And I think the weekend played out the same on both days. I told you just straight, I mean, you talking. I came away thinking that Hope might have impressed me a little bit more on the weekend. But it's a very small margin. And I'm looking forward to seeing if they play again later down the road.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if they do play again later down the road, and that'll be something to keep an eye on as, you know, the GSAC. I mean, teams are just going to be jockeying for position the rest of the way. Only one automatic bid out of that conference. So that is something that you are definitely going to want to keep an eye on and watch the rest of the way. It's going to be one of the most entertaining races down the stretch as it is every single year. Cody, before we get into statistical leaders, I actually want to jump – out and do our NAI Ball Hitter, Pitcher, and Team of the Week, and let's go ahead and kick that off right now with Tabor catcher Leo Aguilar, who hit 630 with nine home runs, four multi-homer games, 17 hits, 18 RBIs, is our Hitter of the Week. Our Pitcher of the Week is none other than the man who can go by three different names, July, Julie, and Yuli, but Yuli Sosa was legit this week, and he Really did it against one of the hottest offensive teams in the nation, one of the best teams in the nation, in Tennessee Wesley. And seven innings pitched, six hits, no earned runs. And then our team of the week, Cody, is Cumberland, Tennessee, who went six and oh this week with 10 plus runs in five of those matchups. And this is a team, Cody, who started the year two and 12. So a lot of really impressive performances, uh, for all of these players. And then for Cumberland and, and, you know, Cumberland, we were just talking about Faulkner and, and Uly Sosa Cumberland run ruled them yesterday. So uh, that that's definitely an impressive feat. And that kind of pushed them over the edge there, but a lot of good accolades for these guys.
1: Absolutely. Aguilar, I mean, nine home runs, four multi-home run games in a week. And he did it against three different teams. It wasn't like he was piling up on one school. Three different teams he hit multi-home runs against. We say it every week. They continue to raise the bar. We went from like seven home runs to eight home runs. Now we got a nine-home run week. Absolutely insane. Yuli Sosa uh, snapped Tennessee Wesleyan's 23-game winning streak. 11 punch-outs in the win, too. Seven-innings scoreless against Tennessee Wesleyan in a neutral side. Shout-out to Faulkner. Came down to Georgia. Knocked off number five, Georgia Gwinnett. Knocked off number two, Tennessee Wesleyan. Uh, Expect them to be ranked when the poll comes out today. Because uh, they deserve it. I mean, they had a really good week. Took care of business, swept mobile. I think Faulkner truly deserves to be back in the top 25. They looked really good. Jordan Funk had a massive three run home run against uh, Tennessee Wesleyan, really closed the door on them. And I think that's just a great week for Faulkner. And I think Faulkner's going to get back and probably win the conference. As for Cumberland, they did come back the next day and run rule. They run rule of Faulkner. Cumberland's got a pretty good offense, man. They're starting to swing it, they're scoring a lot of runs, like you said. They had a win midweek win over brian they swept campbellsville they are playing really well in conference play like you said they started the year two and twelve but this is a team now that's over 500 that has a chance to go out there and win a conference title
0: so congratulations to all to both of those players and to cumberland tennessee for winning our team of the week uh, leo aguilar and yuli salsa as well for hitter and pitcher respectively cody let's go ahead and jump into statistical leaders and we'll kick things off with saying this These are the statistical leaders coming into this week, starting at the end of Sunday. So, with Sunday at midnight turned over, that's when we took those numbers, Uh, and when it turned into Monday. So, these are the numbers coming in to 320 uh, at the end of the day, and the number one player in the nation, as far as average goes, is Carlos Muniz out of Cumberlands, and then It is Cross Factor hitting 547. Michael Morales from Trinity Christian, Illinois, hitting 519. Josh Simon from Missouri Valley hitting 511 and 4th. Peyton Crispin out of OCU. Keelan Johnson out of Louisiana Christian. And Robbie Merced from Central Methodist, who's now batting 519, by the way. All of them at the time were hitting 500. Miguel Ramos from Tabor was hitting 492. Jacob Pavlik from Benedictine, Kansas, was hitting 490. and Miguel Oropeza from Talladega was hitting 487. Cody, a lot of, you know, varieties in the schools there, as well as some really high batting averages. I don't think we've seen anybody this far into the season hitting 600.
1: Yeah, honestly, it's ridiculous what Carlos Munez has been able to do. And like I said, he's not just a singles hitter, y'all. 14 doubles, 10 home runs, and he's hitting 600. Uh, I would make someone else beat me. Like I would not, he wouldn't, that guy would never beat me. 600, why would you even pitch to him? No, I would make someone else beat me. And uh, yeah, just really impressive stuff. These averages as a whole seem extremely high this year. Is that just me? Or does it seem like as a whole, everyone is hitting? I mean, look at yeah. what factor is doing. Look what, what Robbie Merced's doing. I mean, some of our premier players are hitting at a mm-hmm. ridiculously high average. We thought Cam Corsi was a dude. And look what these guys are doing in their homering.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's insane. And, and on top, you know, we're going to get into that at, at the end of this segment, we're going to pick our, our, you know, we're going to let y'all know who our five front runners for uh, pitcher of the year and the Lou Brock award player of the year uh, are, and and it's going to be just massive, 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 run, uh, you know, numbers as well as there being some massive front runners for the awards. So we move on to home runs and number one is, Robbie Merced from Central Methodist with 17. LeVon Reynoso has 16 from Tennessee Wesleyan. Cross Factor in third with 15. Cole Turney from Cumberland, Tennessee had 15. Leo Aguilar had 14 from Tabor. Holland Bone had 12 from Ottawa. Tim Bouchard, 11 from Kaiser. Abdel Guadalupe with 11 from Southeastern. Cody Moore from Tabor with 11. And Chris Allen from St. Andrews in North Carolina with 11. Cody, a lot of long balls this year.
1: Yeah, a lot of home runs this year. Uh, Merced's up to 18 now, I think. Uh, Leo Aguilar, he had five last week. Now he's up there with 14. What a week, man. They had nine home runs in one week. Uh, Tim Bouchard, a big NAI ball guy there, two-time NAI ball player. Uh, just putting together a monster season. I think the long ball is good for the sport, man. You know me, I'm a, I'm a big home run guy. And I know these you These guys are getting it done. These guys are getting it done. Cody
0: is a big home run guy. He likes the long ball. RBI leaders in the NAI. And number one, you're going to hear this name quite a few times, Robbie Merced with 55. Number two is Tim Bouchard, another name you'll hear quite a few times from Kaiser with 53. Levon Reynoso from Tennessee Westland with 48. Kenny Rodriguez from Weber International with 47. Sam Linscott from Lewis Clark State with 44. Cody Moore from Tabor with 44. Cole Turney from Cumberland with 43. Leo Aguilar From Tabor with 40, Cross Factor with 39 from OCU, and Brian Fuentes from Southeastern with 39 as well.
1: You know, a player that was mentioned to me to start the year by an assistant coach over at Faulkner uh, told me, look out for Cole Turney. Cole Turney is going to be one of the best hitters in the NAI this year, and he has lived up to it, man, at Cumberland. He has been a huge part of that offense. I mean, you read the numbers. He has 15 home runs, 44 RBIs, did more damage today. Uh, Cole Turney and Cumberland, I think he's one of the premier hitters. I mean, he was hyped up to me, and he's putting up monster numbers. He's on pace to go over well over 20 home runs. Uh, so big numbers for Cole Turney.
0: Taking a look at our doubles leaders from around the nation, and number one in doubles is Austin McNicholas with 16 from LSUS. Keelan Johnson from LSU, from Louisiana Christian with 15. Peyton Crispin from Oklahoma City with 15. Chase Bruno from Montreat North Carolina with 14, JJ Rivera from Marion with 14. Blake Burnett from Kentucky Christian with 13, Aiden Brown from Kansas Wesleyan with 13, Sam Libscott from LCSC with 13 and then Riley Way also from LCSC with 13. A lot of uh you know teams that have never been mentioned on this list before, Kansas Wesleyan, Kentucky Christian and Marion uh, as well as, you know, for the sake of it, Louisiana Christians, since it's their first year, Cody.
1: Uh, shout out to JJ Rivera. Very helpful guy. Uh, was kind enough to let us know that he hit three doubles yesterday. He's at <laughs> 17, and he's now the nation's leader. So JJ, really helpful as he is. Uh, congrats, You are now the NIA's double leader.
0: Take a look at Stolen Bases. Jake DeFries from Georgia Gwinnett leads the nation with 36. Then uh, Linas Tory. From Tuglu has 28. Jake French from Central Baptist with 27. Aki Buxton from Vanguard with 24. Isaac Williams from Williams Baptist in Arkansas with 24. Bobby Nichols from Central Methodist with 23. Daniel Kaler from Ave Maria at 21 there. His sister Riley played softball at Kaiser. So the NAI runs deep in that family. Carlos Pinheiro had 20 from LSU Shreveport. And Will Varner with 20 from Johnson in Tennessee. So, Cody, there are our nation's stolen base leaders.
1: Yeah, DeFries had a massive lead. I mean, he had 30-plus stolen bases really, really early on. And as you see, they went down to Weber. They played Faulkner. They played Tennessee Wesleyan. A little harder to steal on those catchers. So it's definitely slowed down a little bit. And shout-out to Lanos who has quietly been catching them, starting to gain on them a little bit, a little bit. And Lanos Torrey already closing in on 30 stolen bases. He's having a fantastic season.
0: Cody, we move on to what's most important, the pitchers. And all of these guys are tied at seven wins, and they all are tied for the nation's lead in wins, so let's go over it. It is Rob Adams from Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. Bobby Vath from LSU Shreveport. Kevin Miranda from LSU Shreveport. Pablo Barquero from Reinhardt in Georgia. Eric Oseguera from Westmont. Jesus Jesus Munguia from Vanguard, Riley Rosar from Warner, Mike Selick from Tabor, and Trent Sellers from LCSC. A lot of dudes tied at seven, Cody.
1: Everyone's had seven starts at that point. All these players have won every time they've went out there. Uh, credits to their team. You know me, we're not, me and you both are not big on NAIA wins, but there's not a lot of stats to pick from. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've all been really, really good. They all got really good teams around them, and they're getting the job to
0: Pitching wins in general are just kind of, you know, going out of style. It's 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 just something that's that's not going to really be too prevalent. I feel like in in the future, and um, I I just think that that people are starting to realize that that wins for pitchers. There's just so much that they can't control, and that that really shouldn't count against them in a lot of ways. I mean, it's still a good statistic to have. It gives us something to talk about, but it's it's there. So moving on to ERA in just in the nick of time, Cody Grant Young qualified for this list. He's got no ERA in to just over 20 innings. Rob Adams has a .20 in 45. Kobe Foster with a 1 ERA from Tennessee Wesleyan. Zach Simon from Corbin with a 1.07. Easton Klein from Point Park with a 1.19. And then we've got Yuli Sosa with a 1.20 from Faulkner. Dan Fick out of Columbia with a 1.23. Trent Sellers. LCSC with a 124. Noah Harsh with a 124 from Warner. And Logan Fox from Mount Vernon Nazarene with a 129. The ERAs are low amongst those guys.
1: Yeah, they are. And kind of like we talked about in the first slide last time, a lot of our premier pitchers in NAI this season are on this slide. We'll get more into it later, but there's a lot of big names on this one.
0: Taking a look at who the best amongst the punch out have been. Who's the best in throwing the chair this year? Number one overall in the nation by one strikeout is Kevin Miranda from LSU Shreveport. He had 78. Daniel Willey from Montreat has 77. Ty Cook from Bruton Parker was 73. Brett Vasquez from Our Lady of the Lake in San Antonio, Texas was 72. Friendly Lado from mid Christian in Oklahoma was 69. Elijah Johnson from Bellevue was 68. Kellen Brothers from Oklahoma Wesleyan was 67. Justin Graves from Vanguard was 64. Michael Watson from Southwest Assemblies of God in Waxahachie, Texas with 64. And Rob Adams from Southeastern University with 63. Moving on here, Cody, to K per nine. A lot of same names and some new ones in here. Dominic Pacetti from Lawrence Tech with 16.87 K per nine. Friendly Lato from Mid-America Christian with a 16.20 K per nine. Michael Watson from Southwest Assemblies of in Waxahachie, Texas with 16 K per nine. Hector Sepulveda from Ottawa with a 15.87 k per nine. Kevin Miranda with a five with a 15.83 k per nine from LSU Shreveport. Emmanuel Cabrera from Purdue, from Peru State with a f- 15.8. Tyson Tucker from Clark with a 15.55. Hector Garcia from Hope International with a 14.97. Josh Pettit from Mount Vernon Nazarene in Ohio with a 14.91. And then Brett Vasquez from Our Lady of the Lake in San Antonio, Texas with a 14.8 four cody there these are dudes this is what they would you know statistics say they would strike out in a nine inning game uh if they went all nine that is just some insane numbers
1: Is it special stuff man uh frenzy leto struck out 10 plus and five starts this year he has been absolutely sensational i'm really looking forward to seeing him play oklahoma city because right now leto has been past every test he's had this season tyson tucker for clark He's a guy to look out for, man, because he was hyped up to us on our questionnaire as a guy that could be the ace for that pride staff. And he is punching out people at a ridiculous rate. Had a really special performance out in Arizona. Struck out 12 over a really good program. Um, Really looking forward to seeing what he does the rest of the way.
0: And then last but not least, let's kick it off with the bullpen guys. The guys in the pen matter as well. And Isaac Beza from Southwest in New Mexico with seven saves. He's the national leader. David Demeter from Valley City State, North Dakota, with six. Liam Doolin from Tennessee Wesleyan, with six. Jose Suero from Wayland Baptist, with six. Eric Weisner from College of Idaho, with six. Leo Diaz from Point Park, with five. Alex Grellner from Columbia, with five. Cameron Quitno from the Masters, with five. And then Nathan Torres from Mid America Nazarene in Kansas, with five as well. So. Definitely a lot of new team names on these lists, Cody, of guys and programs that we don't usually see on here.
1: Being the closer, it's got to be just a thrilling thing in general. To come in there with the games on the line, you got to be able to shut the door. And uh, hats out to everyone that can handle that composure and get the job
0: done. So let's take a look, Cody, at our top five Pitcher of the Year candidates. I am going to go over who are five pitcher of the year candidates are so far this season again before you jump into our dms angry that we didn't choose your player because it's happened before coaches parents all of that this is just the list right now as of this moment when we are recording this podcast so without further to do our top five pitchers right now in the nation up for our midway point pitcher of the year candidates are From Southeastern University, left-handed pitcher Rob Adams, who has 45 innings pitched, a 7-0 record, three complete games, one earned run, 10 walks, 63 punch-outs, a 12.60 K per nine, a .20 ERA, a .68 whip, and a 1.28 fielding independent pitching percentage. The next player is Tennessee Wesleyan left-handed pitcher Kobe Foster who in 45 innings pitch is 7-0 with a complete game, eight walks, 63 punch-outs. He's striking out in K-9, 12.60. He's got a one flat ERA, a .64 whip, and a 1.66 FIP. The next candidate is Louisiana State Sh- Shreveport, right-handed pitcher Kevin Miranda, who in 44 and a third innings pitch is 7-0, with a complete game, three walks, 78 punch outs, 15.83 K per nine, a 1.42 ERA, a 0.86 WHIP, and a 0.0847 FIP. The next two players actually come from the same conference. They both come from the Cascade, and the first one of those is LCSC right-handed pitcher Trent Sellers, who has a 43 and two-thirds innings pitch with 7-0 and record. One save, 12 walks, 57 punch outs, 11.75 K per nine, 0.85 whip, and a 1.987 FIP. And lastly, Corbin right handed pitcher Zach Simon, who in 42 innings pitches three and three with a complete game, four walks, 52 punch outs, an 11.14 K per nine, a 1.07 ERA a 0.85 whip, and a 1.54 FIP. So one of the big things, Cody, that I wanted to go over really quickly is just what is FIP. And FIP is similar to ERA. Uh, It is an analytical term, but it just focuses solely on the events that the pitcher can control the most over. So that's strikeouts, unintentional walks, hit by pitch, home runs, it entirely removes results on balls put into play. So just kind of an example, if a pitcher surrenders a high amount of average of balls in play, his FIP will likely be lower than his ERA. But, you know, that's just one of the things that that FIP can, can do. So we get to take a look at FIP, that number, taking that uh, out of those balls in play, the fielding mistakes, things like that, out of that. And that's a number that we look at. So those are the five players that we would consider the top five pitchers in the nation right now. And really Cody, I think that there's three that are pretty clear front runners uh, going forward to stay in this race.
1: And it just kind of worked out this way. It's not how we did it, obviously, but you're looking at the top four teams in the nation and you're looking at the ace of the staff on all four teams. I mean, they've, been incredible. They're all 7-0 and for a reason. They've all pitched in that 44 to 45 innings range. Looking at Kevin Miranda this year, he's a guy that has always struck out a lot of people, kind of been kind of wild, kind of hittable. This year has been way less hittable, and he is punching out people at the best rate in the country. Louisiana the NAIA and strike out 78 punch outs in 44 innings. is absolutely insane. Trent Sellers was a guy that got on my radar last year in Lewiston. Uh, he dominated Concordia. Went out there and absolutely dominated Concordia in the World Series. Pitched a gym. Saw that he threw a no-hitter in the summer for Fremont in summer ball. So I was like, okay, this is obviously a pretty good, talented guy. So I started focusing on him early in this year, and he's lived up to it. He looks like an ace. He looked the best starter LC has had probably since Connor Brogdon. Kobe Foster, we named him all in the eyeball. He was elite last year, and he's been elite this year. Got to see him Sunday night against Georgia Gwinnett. Carved him up. Struck out 10, two earned, seven innings. He's going to pretty much do that to every single person he faces this year. Mean you can kind of agree, if there is a leader in the doghouse right now, and it's a leader by a good bit, it's a leader by a good bit in my eyes, it is Rob Adams. He has not given up a run in 30 innings. He has 21 hits allowed in 45 innings pitched. He's allowed one run through 45 innings. That is insane. That is insane. That is really a special talent. That means if you give up an error and the guy gets to third and there's one out and there's nothing it's not your fault, you have to pitch around that, and he's been doing it. He's consistently been doing it. He's not giving up runs. Uh, every week I look for him to go CG shutout, and it's incredible. I mean, it's literally an incredible thing. I think you can agree we check in the box score every single time he throws now. Uh, yep. Special talent. Special talent, man. 45 minutes pitch, one run. He's striking out at a really good rate, 63 punchouts. Him and Kobe Foster Coincidentally, both left-handed pitchers, both 7-0, both 45 innings pitched, and they both struck out 63 apiece. I found that to be very coincidental. And I'll give Kobe Foster the nod. Kobe Foster has pitched against some tougher teams, pitched against a Georgia Gwinnett. But I think for Rob Adams, his tests are going to come. He's going to pitch against Kaiser. He's going to pitch against Weber. He'll pitch against Saints Thomas. And I'm really looking forward to that. Trent Sellers, to me, is the guy who has the easiest schedule left by far, and he's going to cruise. He's going to dominate, mm-hmm. and I expect him to. And I'm just really looking forward to going all the way. Zach Simon, he was a guy that was extremely good last year, uh, the top pitcher in the Cascade a year ago. As delivered this year, his win and loss. This is where we talk about: where do wins really matter? So he's three and three, but he has a 1.07 ERA in 42 innings. I mean, it's not his fault. He's three and three.
0: I think that's pretty spot on. Uh, you know, with, with what we've seen from the pitchers this year, we've got a really special group. There are so many good pitchers you know around the nation this season uh but Rob Adams has has been the class of the class. He's been that guy that I mean when he gets the ball it 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 really Cody it just becomes kind of you know must see for us. And uh you know at, at at he might give up a run he might never give up a run you don't know you know but he has been really special with the ball and I think he's just going to continue to really pitch well and give SEU an opportunity and that's all you that you can ask from these guys is is you know give your team a chance to win and, and that's what these you know guys we feel exemplified the most as far as as taking over the bump and showing command and being just the biggest baddest dude on the planet when they're out there on the mound and these guys have the numbers to back it up. So Cody we will move on here to our top 5 Lubrock player of the year award candidates. Again this is all just as of this moment Uh, I did throw in two uh, analytics in here, Cody, and the first one I threw in was runs created, which estimates a player's offensive contribution to his team in terms of total runs. It combines a player's ability to get on base as well as his ability to hit for extra bases then divides the two by the player's total opportunities. So it's really just to see how well a hitter, you know, completes one of the central focuses of his job and just kind of creates runs. For his team, it's separate from RBIs. The other one that I did was ISO, isolated power metric, which measures the raw power of a hitter in-game by taking only extra base hits and the type of extra base hits into account. For example, a player who goes one for five with a double has an ISO of 200. A player who goes two for five with a single and a double also has an ISO of 200. So this is how this went. The first man that we want to recognize is UC University of Cumberland's catcher Carlos Muniz who is hitting 600 Cody just an insane number with 54 hits, 14 doubles, 10 home runs, 31 RBIs, a 657 OBP, he's slugging over 1000, he's got he's created 63 runs which is tied for the lead on this list. For his team. And then he's got an ISO of 489, meaning 48.9%, just about 49% of his hits are for extra bases. Next up is Central Methodist University shortstop Robbie Merced, who is hitting 519 with 40 hits, six doubles, three triples, 18 home runs, 58 RBIs. He's got an OBP of 602, a slugging percentage, highest on the list of. 1.377, tied for the lead on this list with 63 runs created. And then his ISO is 858, meaning 86% of his hits are extra bases. OCU outfielder cross factor also on this list with a 547 average, 47 hits, 12 doubles, one triple, 15 home runs, 39 RBIs, a 600 OBP, 1,200 plus slugging percentage. Tied three-way tie for the lead in runs created on this list at 63 and a 686 ISO. Then there's Kaiser third baseman Tim Bouchard hitting 461 with 53 hits, 11 doubles, two triples, 11 home runs, 53 RBIs, a 545 OBP, a slugging percentage of 878, 57 runs created in a 417 ISO. And last but not least, from Tennessee Wesleyan, third baseman LeVon Reynoso hitting 413 with 50 hits, eight doubles, one triple, 16 home runs, 48 RBIs, 456 OBP, and 893 slugging percentage, 49 runs created, and 480 ISO. Cody, there have been some really impressive dudes on this list in what has turned out to be a super offensive year. These guys are having some of the best offensive years we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I mean, these boys are putting on a show, man. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. Uh, you look at LeVon Reynoso, like you said, the 16 home runs. He led the NAI. As of last week, he was leading the NAI. Mercedes overtaking him. But 48 runs driven in, playing third base in one of the best lineups in the country. Also getting it done on the mound. I know it's a loop rock award, but 14 punchouts in six innings. That's really impressive. Tim Bouchard, two-time all nai ball third baseman. Continues to get it done. I feel like Bouchard's getting overlooked right now a little bit just because we're used to it from him. 461 average, 11 home runs, 53 driven in. I just think Bouchard's one of the best players in the country. He's really good defensively. He's really good offensively. Cross factor, I think cross factor is right up there. Him and Merced is probably be the most electric player in the country. Just absolutely outstanding. 547 average. He had his hitting streak snapped at 18, 19 games. Always getting it done. Home runs are unreal right now for cross Factor. He is heating up. He's going the right way. A lot of these times players start, they start the first week and whatever, go off. But he's doing it right now in the middle of the season, just like Robbie Merced, who is absolutely tearing it up. Robbie Merced hit eight home runs in six days last week. I mean, mm-hmm. just really special, and Carlos Muniz to start the year so well, and we were waiting for that average to come down. And you look at some of these other guys; that comes down. He's still hitting 600. I mean, we are mm-hmm. almost in April, and he's hitting 600. It is insane. That's insane.
0: It is, it is. And Cody, could we agree? I mean, so one of the things is 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 I've really had a hard push for Cross Factor because he's a guy that a year over a year ago I picked to be the National Player of the Year, and he still had a very good season. A little bit of a slow start but still had a very productive year and was very impressive this year. He's on a whole nother level, but even with Carlos hitting 600, I feel like Robbie Merced right now is the front runner uh, for the Lou Brock award.
1: Yeah, 100%. Robbie Merced, he leads the nation in home runs, leads the nation in RBIs, just absolutely tearing it up the season, man. Uh, The opening weekend was really special for him. Uh, You got to see him in person. He had a coming out party right then yeah, and he just continuously, Yeah. And it's just never dropped, man. It's uh, we talked about it last year a little bit. Gary Mattis was incredible to start, but it kind of dropped in the second half. I think you would agree with that too. Right. Right now, Robbie Morsehead is showing no signs of that at all. I mean, he is on pace to go over 30 home runs in the college baseball season. Really crazy to do. I think he leads the nation in swag too. I mean, every time he hits a home run, he knows it's a home run. Uh, he's not afraid to let his teammates know it's a home run. And it's electric, man. He's really an electric baseball player. He's really fun to watch. Yeah, I I think he's my number one right now for sure, too. Uh, Cross Factor would actually be my number two. I think Cross Factor's on his way to an incredible season. I think this is the best team Cross Factor's played on at Oklahoma City. I think that's helping him. You look at Peyton Crispin, who's hitting with him, doing really well. Noah Barks is having a good season. Uh, I think Cross is going to put up monster numbers. The RBIs weren't there yet, but they're coming. And we saw them come this weekend. Had a 12-RBI day at Science and Arts. Uh, his schedule is going to get easier, believe it or not, uh, down the stretch. His schedule will get easier until the conference tournament. And uh, he's going to have some monster days. Uh, you go hit four home runs and a doubleheader at USAO. I mean, who is this guy scared to see? I mean, he's not afraid of anyone. And uh, he's going to continue to produce.
0: Yeah, next week when we talk, you know, when we really go into tend to Lewiston and all that, we're a little bit more team focused. I, I think that that one of the things we need to really focus on is just to who OCU's got the rest of the way and how they can. They are really primed to make a big run into the postseason. Cross factor in this OCU team, super special. Uh, there's so many special teams out there, Tennessee Wesley and Southeastern. You know, uh, I mean, LCSC looks like they've got one of the better clubs that they've had in the last couple of years. So it, it's really going to be an interesting thing to watch down the stretch here, Cody. And I'm super excited about it as, as you know, we're, we're basically almost at the halfway point, just, just about there. We've got about one more month left in the season uh, after next weekend, and, and it'll be really interesting to see the results and what happens. Cody, games and series that you need to be watching from around the nation. Let's kick this off with Taylor versus St. Francis, Indiana. IU Southeast versus Rio Grande. Bruton Parker takes on Talladega. Arizona Christian versus H.I.U. as Arizona Christian tries to get back on track, and H.I.U. tries to keep rolling. Weber International versus Kaiser. Bluefield, Reinhardt, Northwestern Iowa versus Concordia, Nebraska. IU South Bend and St. Ambrose, Mobap and Lyon. St. Xavier versus Roosevelt, British Columbia, and Lewis-Clark State. Warner takes on Southeastern Mobile versus Loyola, and LSUS versus Louisiana Christian. Any of those really stand out to you?
1: Man, if you don't think that GSAC is dog-eat-dog, man, I feel for Arizona Christian, man. You get your highest ranking ever at 23, and they feed you Westmont. Vanguard, and Hope International, and back-to-back-to-back weekend. That is tough, man. That is tough. You kind of wish you had a little softer opponent there in the middle there, but that's three straight weekends against teams that are probably three of the top 12 teams in the NAIA. That is really tough for Arizona Christian. I'm looking forward to seeing how Sandy Xavier does. Uh, I'm I'm following them. They want to be ranked in the top 25. I'll be curious to see if they get that spot today, and I'm following their run in the CCAC. That was my pick-to-click this year, and uh, they're getting it done right now. Mobap Lion. I want to see if Lion can continue it going because Lion, your first two weekends in conference play, you get Columbia and Missouri Baptist, arguably the two teams that will challenge you for the title. If Lion can take care of business this weekend, they got a lot out in front of them.
0: Absolutely agree there. There's definitely going to be some good ones. I want to see LSUS versus Louisiana Christian. Louisiana Christian was uh, rated the number 2 team in the RAC LSUS who I think is the clear front runner. That's going to be a big matchup for uh, LCU to see, you know, just exactly gauge themselves if if they can have the opportunity to make a run because there's like outside of, of LSUS who I think is going to get a spot automatic qualifier from that conference into the national tournament. There's several other teams in that conference, LSUA, Texas A&M, Texas Arcana, Uh, Our Lady of Lake, Louisiana Christian, that I think are eligible for that second spot. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. Cody, our big series of the week heads down to Kansas. It is McPherson. It is Ottawa. And it is the big series of the week brought to you by Off-Speed Athletics. That's at Off-Speed A-T-H and www.OffSpeedAthletics.com. So, Cody in this one, McPherson entering this is going to be 21 and 5, 10 and 1 in conference. They're hitting 323 as a team with a 4.21 team ERA. James Canner has really turned it on this season. He started to find that groove. 372 average, 18 extra base hits, eight home runs, 34 RBIs. Blake Maddock on the mound has eight starts with a 2 and 0 record, 34 and a third innings pitch, 50 strikeouts, a 13.11 K per nine, and a 1.83. ERA for Ottawa, they're 21 and three, 10 and one overall in KCAC play. They're hitting 331 as a team with a 356 team ERA. Jonah Weisner hitting 459 with 39 hits, 17 extra base hits, eight home runs, and 26 RBIs. And then Stephen Norell, in six starts, has a 4 and 0 record with 38 innings pitched, 45 punch outs, 10.66 K per nine, and two. Point eight four ERA. This is a dandy. It is one of the biggest matchups in the nation this year and a big tone setter in the KCAC.
1: Second year in a row, this is our big series of the week nationally. Ottawa leads the all-time series between the two 25-15, and Ottawa's actually won six of the last 10. These two teams split two to two last year. McPherson won our big series of the week two to one, but Ottawa won the KCAC title and beat McPherson in the championship game 12-7. to 7. Ottawa jumped out to a 9-0 lead in the first two innings and never looked back. Shout out to Ottawa. They swept the tournament. I'm really looking forward to this one. I think this is an incredible matchup. Both of these teams are ranked nationally. Both of these teams will still be ranked nationally after the new poll comes out. And this one has a lot on the line. This is a conference where the first-place winner in the regular season gets an automatic bid. So, A lot on the line this weekend for these two teams. Obviously, got a long way to go regardless. We're sending our own Kirk Herbstreet out there who refuses to make a pick coming up, and uh, we're looking forward to it. To have Connor out there doing his thing for this matchup, it's going to be special. We're looking forward to this.
0: It it really is. It's going to be something that's going to be really special. Connor's going to be out there. We're super excited about that and and having him to get, get some footage and just anything that, you know, we know both of those teams will accommodate him greatly. For anything that he needs. So, we are super excited to have Connor out there and and have really good coverage of this big series of the week brought to you by Off Speed Athletics. Quick pick time, Cody. It is quick picks. We are all tied at nine and six overall after everybody went three and two last week. Shout out to Lion. That was the one that pushed me to three and two, and everybody else as well to three and two. So, Cody, let's kick things off. I'll tell you what Connor picked, I'll tell you what I picked, and then you tell me what you're going to pick in this one. Bluefield versus Reinhardt. Connor is taking Reinhardt. I'm going to take Bluefield. Who are you going to take?
1: Uh, Reinhardt started the year number 21. Bluefield swapped with them. They're the number two team in the conference now. They're number 21. Give me Reinhardt to write that wrong. Go out there and get the series win.
0: Moving on to the next one here, Taylor versus St. Francis. Connor has Taylor. I have Taylor. What do you got?
1: Make it a Trojan sweep. Give me Kyle Gold and the TU boys.
0: Everybody taking Taylor there. Warner versus Southeastern. Can we just say this is a Southeastern sweep here or you want to take Warner?
1: It is a Southeastern sweep. But man, shout out to Warner coming in with a 20-plus game winning streak. They're playing really well. And I put it on the record. I'm going to say it right now. I told you this off the air. I think if any team in the Sun Conference could take this series off Southeastern, I said it would be Warner. Not St. Thomas, not Kaiser, not Weber. Come at me in the DMs. I think if anyone could do it, it'd be Warner, but I'm not picking anyone to do it. Give me Southeastern.
0: I actually think, Cody, and I don't think it's insane to think this, but I actually think Warner takes a game and is competitive in another one. You know, and and if Southeastern doesn't go out there and execute, Warner will bite you and they will beat you. This is not a series where Southeastern can be down 7 8 nothing, and they claw their way back in because this is a team that's going to continue to hit, put pressure on you, and make things hard in the dugout and in life. So I definitely could see Warner. When I say Southeastern sweep, I mean all three of us taking Southeastern. I can see Warner absolutely taking a game in this series. Clark versus William Penn. Connor takes Clark. I'm going to take Clark. What you got? I'm rolling with William Penn
1: because that was my pick as the number two team in the conference, a sneaky pick. But, man, Clark's been playing really, really well. I really like their pitching. You look at what they've been doing pitching on the mound – my Head tells me Clark's going to win this series, but I'm rolling with William Penn in my heart. Shout out to Dan Spain, though. Clark Head Coach Dan Spain has been a huge supporter of us literally since we started in 2017, uh, so it's hard to pick against.
0: It is, and, and I spent some time with Dan at ABCA in Dallas and, and, and you know just walking around and, and absolutely loved it. Oklahoma Wesleyan versus Kansas Wesleyan. Cody, Connor and I are both taking Oklahoma Wesleyan. What you got?
1: I told you this off the air, too, and I'll say it on the air. Uh, I take Oklahoma Wesleyan, but I don't feel great about it. I do not feel great about it. I think this is going to be a heavily offensive series.
0: Will be interesting to see. And then finally, Cody, we have a decision to make here. McPherson takes on Ottawa. Connor has abstained because he is going. I think that's a loss for him.
1: Yeah, he just gets the loss in like, the scoreboard. I agree. I mean, he was he Kirk, Kirk
0: Street, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like,
1: are you calling the game? Getting <laughs> up on the booth? <laughs> like, I think you can let us know who you think is going to win. I don't think they're going to jump you, intern. But uh, <laughs> we'll just... Yeah, I don't know what to say about that one.
0: Connor abstains. He is automatically saddled with a loss when when we decided yesterday on the phone that he was going to abstain. I did not mention to him this will be if he when he hears this. Uh this'll when he finds out that he is being saddled with a loss there. Cody, I'm gonna take Ottawa. Um, you know, I'm I'm Steven Durrell and I are are you know, we we have played the show together, we DM all the time, we talk quite a bit, and uh, you know, he was uh pretty shocked when I did not pick them as one of the two teams in, you know, automatic bids in, in this league. This is my uh, way of making up for it. So I'm taking Ottawa.
1: You know, it's ironic because I picked Ottawa as one of my two teams, but I'm picking McPherson this weekend. Uh, give me McPherson. I think Ottawa's not right. Messed up in the beginning of the year. Maybe it was with my other choice, but uh, McPherson might be a team that these might be the two best teams in the KCAC. And this might be the two teams that take those bids. Uh, I think they're both playing extremely well. I'm not going to write out Oklahoma Wesleyan just yet because I like Kellen brothers. I like DeLeon on the mound. I think they have a lot of talent with Cody Muncy. Uh, But these two teams are certainly playing better right now. And to come in there both 10-1 and in conference, this is a big-time matchup. Two teams from the great state of Kansas. And shout-out to Kansas, one of our biggest demographics. It is our biggest, right? It is. It is is. is the top three. Yeah, so it's really big for us. So shout-out to Kansas. And we're looking forward to this one. Uh, I think it's the first time interns ever pitched to us a big series of the week. But uh, we're all for it, man. This was our big series last week. This is our last year, and this is going to be our big series this
0: year. 100%, all for it, man. Uh, Cody, we have had a huge show this week. We, we went off on uh, Presto. We went off on some of the things we get in our mentions and DMs. Uh, we went off on, you know, just so many things. Uh, but at the same time, we have so much information, so much coverage, all of this right here at NAI Ball It's the only place you can get comprehensive coverage of of NAI baseball. It's the only, you know, really in in all of small college baseball. So, Cody, any final thoughts?
1: I'm looking forward to McPherson, Ottawa. It was a good series this week, not as good as last week. Uh, We talked about this. We go up and down, up and down on which week. So next week's going to be a hit with a bunch of really good matchups. One that we haven't touched on, uh, Gwinnett versus Point Park versus Cumberlands. I think that's going to be really good, a three-team triangle, whatever you want to call it, out there in Williamsburg, Kentucky. I uh, wish Cumberland and Gwinnett are playing each other more than one game, but I am glad to see Gwinnett play some tough
0: competition. It will be interesting to watch. It'll be good to watch. Uh, just a ton of games. We told you which are the games and series to watch. Cody's given you some extra ones as well. There's a ton to watch out there, and, and we definitely hope you all get after it and catch some of these ball games as well. So that'll do it for us this week for intern, or I guess Connor, not really the intern, but you know what? He's going to get the intern tag because he abstained this week. He didn't want to make a decision. Connor, you got to do better than that, man. For Cody Butler, who you can find at NAI Ball, all of your new stat scores, information about NAI baseball. It's the only place to get it right now, at NAI Ball on Twitter, and you're going to find nowhere better than the information we are giving you, especially on this show at any eyeball on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to download, like, you know, rate, subscribe to the show, uh, Spotify, non-Apple users, uh, as well as uh, people who download the show in Apple, iTunes, anything like that. Please rate the show. Please leave a comment. Uh, let us know what you think, especially on Spotify, because, uh, you know, we, we have plenty of reviews on Apple. If you want to leave a review on Spotify, please at least a rate. We we definitely appreciate that Spotify is our quickest and fastest and one of our largest growing uh, you know ways to listen to the show. In fact, it is non you know outside of Apple uh, as a whole. Spotify is our biggest one, so it is definitely something that that we want to continue to grow. Other than that, Cody, you can reach myself, Robbie Contenders, is the host of the NAI Ball podcast at robg one zero six three on Twitter. If you want to talk baseball with me, you're always welcome. We look forward to it. We are absolutely thrilled that you joined us in this show. So that'll do it for us. Thank you for joining us again. This has been season five, episode eight. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a great day, and even better tomorrow.